holding the line for the conservative movement. This is Stacy on the Right on Sirius XM Patriot 125. Welcome. So my producer says I could possibly try glamping, but I'm pretty sure that's a made-up word, and I don't want to try that either. I don't want to be involved unless there's a hotel or a condo or an Airbnb or a VRBO. In other words, some kind of semi-luxury accommodations. Because when you're going out of town, you want to, you know, you want to make sure you're going to be able to ha- have super fun. Um, and I'm referring back to my tirade about how I was a Girl Scout, and so since I've camped, I never want to do it again. And I seriously do not ever want to do it again. Glamping does not sound fun just because I feel like it has something to do with camping. There's something about it that's related to camping, and therefore I have already uh, deemed it to be not as good. It's not it's not something I'm interested in. Um, so StacyOnTheRight.com, FamilyVisionMedia.org. And don't forget, my book is on Amazon, and you can get it there, or you can get a signed copy of the book by going to StacyOnTheRight.com and ordering there. Um, dropping off another batch of orders tomorrow to the post office. So thank you to everyone who has actually uh, participated in that. It's been really great to see people ordering and then to fulfill those orders. They're fun. Okay, so now it's time for me to welcome my friend, Shay Bradley Farrell. She is Dr. Bradley Farrell. She also is uh, the president of Counterpoint Institute for Policy Research and Education. And she's joining us tonight to talk about her recent trip to the border Shay, thank you for joining me tonight. Hey, Stacy, I always enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. Well, you know, I enjoy our to- our talks, but tonight is a little different because you're doing the work that Vice President Harris and President Biden won't do. You're actually going to the southern border. Um, and so you were there and you spent quite a bit of time. And I wanted you to talk to us. Just just walk us through um, how long you stayed, who you talked to, everything. Okay. Um, Well, as you know, this is the second time I've been down there in the past year. You and I had a long talk about that a couple of months ago. Um, This time I stayed about a week uh, down in the Rio Grande Valley area uh, along the Texas border because that was a place I had not uh, spent so much time. I was in McAllen, Texas, Mission, Texas, Star County, all along um, the area there, actually on the river, going down the river, seeing where the holes were that people were coming across. Um, But the thing that I did that is so important to me is that I spoke to federal law enforcement, local law enforcement, ranchers, business owners, people that live there to get their perspectives on what is going on. Um, What concerns me, Stacey, more and more is that we have a border crisis that's not being reported on. Very little. There's a couple people here and there that report on it, and I don't think that Americans understand the extent of it. Because if they did, I believe we'd all be calling our Congress members and our senators and telling them to secure our American border because it's not just hurting American communities um, at the border, it is hurting Americans all over the U.S. And it's actually, and we can talk about this more later again. Um, it is hurting the illegal immigrants that think they're coming over here for a better life. So they're they're being duped. I really feel like they are uh, uh, somewhat the victims. Now, obviously, they have to be willing to break the law to come here illegally. But they're being told 
uh, that, you know, all you have to do is get to the southern border. And so if you pay the cartel and they get you here, then you'll be ushered into America, into the welcoming arms of, you know, American communities. You'll have a job. You'll have a card from the government that gives you money. If your children come with you, they can get into school. And it's just going to be great. That is not what happens to them. And it's it's a lie from the pit of hell. But more importantly, there's a lot of sex trafficking connected to this. And I think the lies help facilitate that. It That is absolutely right. And uh, before we talk more about the, the worst things that I saw and heard down there, I want people to understand what's going on right now because we have had a major border crisis, record-breaking numbers of illegal immigrants and drugs coming into our U.S. for the past year. However, last month, we had another record-breaking month, the month of March, where 220 or so thousand illegal immigrants came across. We're looking at like four times the amount of fentanyl than uh, the last year that President Trump was in office in 2020. Um, But here's what everybody's got to know 220,000 last month. Well, guess what? I don't know if um, you guys have heard about Title 42. Um, th- this was a policy put in place during the Trump administration, and Biden is getting ready to lift it. Once that happens, we're looking at 600,000 plus illegal immigrants coming across our borders a month. From senior border patrol, I heard you know they're picking up like 7,500. Uh, illegal immigrants a day, um, that will be, go up to 18,000 illegal immigrants a day. Um, in Title 42, just in case, you know, uh, somebody doesn't know what that is, it was put in place during Trump um, that kept people below the border or for, kept, sent them back if they had communicable diseases such as COVID. It was a public health uh, emergency um, policy put in place. Well, since it's still been in effect, it's kept like 2 million people out of the country, even though we've had this crisis, it's kept 2 million people back. But here's the thing, what a lot of people don't know about this, even the people in the know that no Title 42 is going to lift on May 23rd, um, which has Texas law enforcement on an emergency kind of uh, situation right now. What a lot of people don't know is that Biden has told Border Patrol through a memo that they can start um, applying exemptions to Title 42 at least by tomorrow, which means we're going to see the flood coming in a month earlier than what we're being told. Um, And the Biden administration has been extremely sneaky about their open border policies. That is one example. The other example is, I'm sure your listeners have heard about the Remain, the Remain in Mexico policy, also put in effect under the Trump administration. Um, Biden lifted it first day in office, but he was forced to put it back in, uh, in effect, reinstate it. However, I heard this from a senior Border Patrol official who said, you know, we're really having trouble even applying Remain in Mexico because of the exemptions and the qualifications that the Biden administration is, is forcing on us to use. Um, what, what that means in simple terms is somebody can just come up with a, an exemption very quickly to stay in the United States. And one of those exemptions 
that keeps them in the United States and not below uh, our southern border in Mexico waiting for their asylum is if they say that they are LGBT. So it's just crazy. Yes, ma'am. I'm talking, uh, this is what I'm saying. They're they're super sneaky. And here's what this official said. (laughs) Um, I'm not saying their name because um, this was in confidence. He said that, you know, there's like a 24-hour waiting period before Border Patrol has to send them back south of the border. During that 24 hours, organizations get to them that say, hey, um, uh, in, in this official's words, he said, it's, it's generally a man who has said, hey, I've got a wife and a family. I want to bring them over, claim asylum. And these organizations, attorneys, these attorneys get to them and say, hey, uh, you're LGBT, right? And the guy's like, uh, right, yeah, right. So we're seeing more and more people that are not being sent below the border. So they're already applying all these sneaky ways to keep people here. Um, and, you know, the problem with that is it just signals to the cartels, as you just mentioned before, to continue to advertise, to get people to pay them thousands of dollars and bring them across the border. Um, and, and interrupt me anytime you want, Stacy. but let's talk more about that also. But one thing that I want to really uh, just emphasize here is that law enforcement was telling me how overwhelmed and discouraged they are. We have 80% of our Border Patrol not patrolling the border. They are processing illegal immigrants. Um, in their words, we, this is having a great impact on our personal lives. Um, we have low morale, lack of morale. And um, you mentioned also about the sexual abuse and uh, the collaboration of illegal immigrants with the cartels. It it doesn't turn out well a lot of times, and the Border Patrol um, sees a lot of bad things. Uh, uh, People who have been sexually abused, killed, dehydrated, uh, exhausted, dying in the desert, and they're overwhelmed with this. There's actually been an increase in suicide in the border patrol increase in domestic violence in dui and your your heart just goes out to them because they're so overwhelmed that they're bringing in local law enforcement to help them and you know the sheriffs and the police were saying hey this is not our job we're we're having to do this and we're seeing a lot of bad things we don't want to see um i was told some pretty bad stories um but they're you know their point was they can't protect their own citizens because they're trying to help uh, patrol the border. So, so the, 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 the <laughs> well, well, so, and that's, that's an excellent rundown, but let's, let's get into some more detail. Um, you talked about law enforcement being overwhelmed and discouraged. That's actually not surprising. Like if you think about the sheer numbers, because when you said Shay, that they could increase to 18,000 a day, I know that we're running like nonstop charter planes from certain areas on the border and pl- flying those people directly into other parts of the country in the dead of night and dropping them off. Uh, I know that Governor Abbott is sending charter buses full of illegal aliens to the Capitol um, to, you know, to kind of balance things out. But he can't keep up with plane loads with buses. That's just not going to he's not going to be right. able to keep up with that. But it is a good effort. Um, and there's this narrative. Biden says that the current system that they've implemented, and Saki says this too, is humane, orderly, and safe. That's Mm -hmm. not true. 
It is not true. Um, in fact, it's the biggest line of bull. Um, I, I can't even tell you how, <laughs> how wrong and in error this is. Um, I, when you and I spoke before, I explained how all illegal immigrants must collaborate with the cartels. These are not nice people. These are criminal, brutal enterprises. Um, I told a story about people being killed by the cartels because they tried to freelance their way across. This happens regularly. So in the words of a retired Border Patrol agent that I spoke with, he said, yeah, people don't try because they will flat out kill you. So let's say somebody does get the money to pay the cartels and the cartels bring them across. Well, what ranchers are seeing on their own property, what law enforcement are seeing is sometimes these people aren't making it because they're dehydrated, they're exhausted, um, they die there in the bush, in the desert. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, if that doesn't happen, they're often put in what are called stash houses or drop houses. These are houses that are um, right across the border in the United States. And uh, tomorrow and the next day, I'm going to post on my social media at counterpoint dc um is twitter and then counterpoint institute is instagram and facebook um, i'm going to post some pictures and some video of these stash houses what these houses are are they are places where the coyotes put the illegal immigrants cram them in there um, and wait for smugglers to come from the interior of the u.s to bring them in to bring the immigrants into the u.s um, in the words of uh, another Border Patrol agent I talked to, bad things happen in these houses. Um, they, they were described a lot of bad stories. Uh, women, children, and men are abused, sexually abused as well in these places. Uh, people are crammed in there. Uh, I heard one story uh, actually that was repeated in various ways that happens a lot, that coyotes, who they decide that they want to extort more money from the families of the people that are in these houses and they threaten to rape or abuse the people if they are not given more money and it happens um one story i'll keep it very vague uh, a uh, law enforcement official said is he rescued two women who had been raped in the bushes from the coyotes because they were not able to pay more money one of them was raped and then shot, and he had to go in there and pick both of these women up. Um, it, it, is not, it is not humane. <laughs> it is not orderly, and it is not safe. And uh, the Border Patrol official also told us that, um, man, and your heart just goes out to him, but he's driving down the road, and he sees illegals that are walking by the road and they're looking really bad and he says he calls them the walking dead and I'm like shocked and you know why well because there's another group of illegals that I've been called to but I couldn't get to them for four hours because I was with another group I've got to get to these that I've been waiting for four hours because they're worse off than these but when I come back some of them won't have made it so I'm not making this stuff up, Stacey. This is what's going on. And uh, if you deal in it long enough, it makes you really angry that our government, our Congress, will not secure our borders. Um, people down there feel that their government is undermining them at every turn. And I'll pause there for a second. 
So, and so the, the thing that, and I agree with you about the anger, it, it becomes exhausting because you get angry about it, but there's nothing you feel like you could do. And I know one thing that I think about often, Shay, when, especially after our last conversation a couple months ago, I thought to myself, you know, I remember a time when things were going on with immigration and people in local newsrooms would get outraged about it. And so if MSNBC or CNN wouldn't cover it, it'd be on the six o'clock news. And it would only take a day or two of that before people would be making phone calls and, you know, they, they would have to do something about it. And that was any issue, whether it was, you know, water contamination. I mean, think about Erin Brockovich. Think about the way the media was back in, in her day. When she came out with that story about the water contamination, they jumped on that story and it became a national story. And she was catapulted from obscurity into literally the limelight. And things changed because of that. We've had other moments like that in in American, you know, journalism and media where people will bring an issue to the forefront. And usually it's some little local journalist because the cable news people are kind of like, that's not a story. And so, you know, the, it's up to the little people to do it. Who, who's who's it up to now at this point? Because we can't get the local news to cover the, the border. And I, I had wished at one point, Shay, that the... Um, the guys who did the trucker convoy to D.C. instead of going to D.C. if they would have gone down to the southern border, because then they, you know, the, the news would have had to have covered it because they would have been their trucks would have literally been the border between Mexico and the illegal aliens crossing over. Um, yeah. How do we get it covered? Um, you know, Stacey, I asked myself this question probably 20 times a day, and I and my institute, Counterpoint Institute, and please go to my website, everybody, counterpointinstitute.org, follow what we're doing, follow the social media, because I am trying to get the word out. There are a handful of uh, journalists down there at the border, not very many. Um, I kept thinking over the past year that the media had to step up, that Congress had to step up. Um, but they aren't. Now, I'm not saying everybody. There's some really good people out there like Senator James Langford and other people that are trying um, to secure our borders. But um, we cannot rely on the media or the politicians. We have to make our voices heard. And that is why I am putting out videos. I am going on TV and radio shows trying to get people to listen because um, – there's a lot of bad things going on right now in our nation, but if we do not have security at our southern border, um, that's really our foundation in a lot of ways. Um, you and I talked about the fentanyl coming into the, the country. Number one killer of, now I found out that the ages have expanded, of ages 13 to 50 in the United States. I heard that they're thinking about um, declaring it a weapon of mass destruction, and it is coming from our southern border. China is dealing with the Mexican cartels, and they bring it into the United States. It is a, a, a very, very bad problem. But to go back to your question, um, I'm still thinking on this daily. I go to Capitol Hill, and I talk to people there, and I try to work on it that way also. It is visibility we have to push because, you know, you and I had spoken about this before. I forget when. Um, I was asked a question one time about, you know, are the Republicans going to continue to um, push down the, the CRT thing and, and make sure that parents have the rights that they need over their children? And I'm like, it's not the Republicans doing it. It's the parents doing it. 
Um, we have seen more changes, I think, on any issues over this past year because parents stood up at school boards and against um, local policies that were taking their rights away um, from having control of their own children, and it's the parents that have changed things. So I think that it's the same kind of thing. It's the American people standing up, um, talking about this, demanding that more people are reporting and talking about it. Call your Congress member. Call your senator, your state one, your uh, federal one. Um, because here's the thing, guys. You know, Congress, um, so the House right now, the Democrats have it. That's why they won't secure the border. But there's five or six right now that are Democrats that are saying, hey, you know, I think we probably better secure the border. And then Senate, you know, is pretty much 50-50. But the midterms are coming up, right? So not only do we have that that leverage, but Congress uh, controls the purse strings that the administration needs. Uh, that the Biden administration needs the money, so they can be pressured into to um, making the administration secure our borders. And um, you know what? I would take a page from Governor Abbott. You mentioned him, Stacy, and yes, yeah. he's busing busing up immigrants, which I kind of found hilarious. Um, but you know what he did also. Um, when I was down there, he was doing this. He told the Texas De- uh, Department of Public Safety to expand these vehicle searches um, of commercial vehicles coming across the border. So instead of just doing random searches, now they're searching every commercial vehicle, which takes 45 minutes a vehicle. So what happened is that commerce was backed up into Mexico. Uh, excuse me, commerce was was brought to a halt in certain areas of Mexico because the traffic was so backed up into Mexico. And guess what he was able to do within about a week's time? He was able to get four Mexican governors to sign agreements with him to secure the Texas-U.S. border. See, that's unreported. That's un- yeah. But that's unreported. So thank you. First of all, thank you. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Dr. Shay Bradley Farrell. Uh, she's the president of Counterpoint Institute for Policy Research and Education. She's at Shay Garrison 18 on Twitter, at Shay Garrison 18. What's most important about you sharing that is that that should have been a huge rallying cry across the country. Everyone, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, should have been excited about that. And I, I know saying that it sounds crazy because we know where we are. Like no one, no one is of the um, like the um, a missing misapprehension on. Democrats are just ignoring this problem and they do care about it. They care about crime. They care about the illegal immigration, but they're taking this aside and they're kind of just saying, well, we'll just we'll just do whatever you know we can because we don't want to go against the Democrats. But that's a huge victory to, to, to deal directly with the Mexican governors. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. I, I really admire him. You know, don't mess with Texas. It's really true. I admire what he's doing on this. He's taking charge, building a wall. I was down there on the wall as well. Um, I saw the wall in Arizona that the Biden administration had deconstructed right after they got in. Uh, Millions and millions of dollars that U.S. taxpayers had paid on the wall. They were hauling all the equipment out when I was down there in Arizona. And I saw here in Texas this past week, um, you know, the wall that Governor Abbott is building. I mean, you know, take a page from his book he is doing what he needs to do to take care of his own citizens 
I'm so happy about it. All right. Well, let me let me do this. Um, I think we we've had a good rundown of everything that you covered there. We will have to have you back to, for more updates. I'm so glad that you could join us tonight and talk about what has been. Um, it's it's a passion for you. I, I know it's not the kind of passion like some people have. You know, their garden is their passion or their pets. It's not that kind of a passion for you because those those are things that. People get a lot of joy out of gardening and, you know, spending time with with pets. I don't know that you get joy out of this, but you certainly are doing the heavy lifting. And as long as the president and vice president won't go, we'll take Dr. Farrell Bradley going every or Dr. Bradley Farrell going every single time. That's what we'll take. So thank you so much for for taking the trip. Um, It's dangerous. You you went you made it back safely. And thank you for joining me tonight on the air to talk about it. Thank you so much, Stacy. And I, I just want to give your book a shout out. As you know, my husband read it very quickly. He <laughs> loved it. I have begun the book as well. It is fantastic. So shout out and uh, congratulations to you. Thank you. I, I, it was such a honor for me to have you and your husband both in, you know, just to have your uh, endorsement and, and that you think it's good means a lot to me. I'm so glad. Um, and I, I just encourage people to read it. Um, not so much for the, like, to tell me that it's great. Uh, I, just because I really think it's got information in it that we all need right now. Uh, Dr. Bradley Farrell, thank you for joining me tonight. Good to talk to thank you. Thank you so much, Stacy. Thanks for getting the word out. I really appreciate it. Talk to you <laughs> all right. We'll talk again soon. Sure. 866-957-2874. We'll be right back with more Stacy on the right. 